the scripture today comes from Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, and it's on page 785 in the Pew Bible. O oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear, or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me, strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. This is the word of the Lord. All right, good morning, everybody. Oh, I got one clap. Yours don't count. It's only the first one. You matter to me. Um, If you don't know my name or who I am, uh, my name is Joe. Um, My wife sometimes calls me Dash. Uh, (laughs) You don't know what that means. Dash is my dog. She, She always, like, gets brain farts and calls me the wrong name, but... Uh, don't tell her that. She's not here right now. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, you, maybe you've met my wife, Esther, um, and uh, I actually work over with the children's ministry on the other side of the building, and um, you know, uh, I don't get a chance to come over here often. A lot of new faces, and that's, uh, it's, it's always good to see new faces because um, you know, it just means that the ministry is growing and attracting new people, and uh, it's just wonderful to see. Um, a lot of new babies, too, I see around, which is good. All right, I, that's job security for children's ministry pastors. <laughs> it's good. Um, uh, but yeah, um, with children's ministry, um, I, you know, I don't get a chance to come here often, so um, I always like to just invite you guys to come visit. And, uh, you know, we're not that far away. Um, all the sermons here are on YouTube or, you know, on podcasts. So, you know, if you want to skip a week and just kind of see and support the children, encourage them. Um, you know, it's, it makes a big difference when just a couple new uh, other adults are in the room with the kids as far as, you know, how settled they are, you know, and, and how they act. And, and, and it's a blessing to them. Um, you know, when adults are in the room, they've come and visit, then, you know, they kind of feel like, well, this is important. You know, why, why are they, you know, they're, they're actually thinking, why are they here? But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's a sign that shows them you guys are important and you guys matter. And, and uh, so um, I encourage you guys, come visit, uh, you know, any Sunday. Um, it's, it's, we're always doing our thing. So uh, we'd love to have you. All right. Um, yeah, why don't we pray? All right. That's what you're supposed to do, right? So let's pray. Um, God, as we come together and look into your word, uh, we're grateful that um, it's open, uh, that it's honest, uh, that it speaks truthfully, uh, that the word isn't just full of people that are just joyful and happy, but there's pain and there's misery and there's suffering and uh, there are answers to those uh, people in pain. And uh, God, as we uh, look at this difficult question this morning, we pray that um, uh, you give us a soft heart. Some of us might be skeptical. Some of us might come from different places and different angles. But, uh, Lord, we ask that uh, you would just help us to see where you're coming from, uh, not where Pastor Joe's coming from or Susung, uh, but where you, the Lord God, are coming from when you give us evil and, and suffering in our lives. Uh, so teach us this morning from your word, and uh, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, we've been going through a series, apparently, of difficult questions, and uh, the question I was asked to answer this morning was, uh, why does God allow evil? 
right? And uh, this can come, or this can be asked in a number of different ways. You know, why does God allow suffering? Why do bad things happen? Why does my family member pass away? Why did I lose my job? Uh, why didn't this girl say yes when I asked her out, right? Um, there, it just comes in, in a number of different directions, okay? And um, the way this sermon series was kind of crafted, or what, what I was told was, um, we're supposed to be looking at these questions from an angle, uh, which would be uh, from people that say, I would believe in Jesus, or I would become a Christian, except blank, okay? Th this is what's stopping me, okay? And uh, this is how we're going to answer this question today, or this is how I'm going to approach this question, okay? Well, why does a good God allow evil from an atheistic or a skeptic's perspective? Because okay, um, uh, it is a question that believers and people that don't believe all ask. Okay, but the way you'd answer it for a believer would be quite different. Right? Because uh, we'd appeal to the authority of scripture. We look at different Bible passages. But for skeptics possibly in the room or atheists in the room, you know, they don't look at the Bible as an authority. So I can't just say, well, John, this, blah, 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 says this. So this is why you should, you know, trust that God uses evil for good, right? So uh, I can't just do that. So uh, I'm gonna, we're going to walk along this line. And uh, I think it's actually good for all of us because uh, society today, especially in America, is growing more and more secular, uh, walking more and more away from the church. And uh, it's, it's something that a lot of people are asking or just inferring by what happens in the world around us, right? So, uh, so let's, let's walk through this together, okay? Um, yeah, one more thing before we go. All right, with that said, if you are an atheist or a skeptic in this room, all right, I completely understand that it is totally unfair that I get to stand up here for half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, two, however long it's going to take, and just talk at you in one direction, and, uh, you know, just it's unfair if you don't have a say, Right? So uh, when we think about these messages, this whole sermon series, right, I, I would like it if we don't think of it as, you know, I'm just up here and I'm giving kind of like the end-all answer, checkmate, we're done with this discussion, right? If you don't believe it, there's the door, you know? Really what we're doing is we're trying to propagate a conversation. Okay, so if you do disagree with some of my points or, you know, some of the ideas I'm trying to put out there, uh, I welcome and I would gladly love to hear from your side, uh, you know, what you think and like why you disagree or, or, or you know, what might be like a nuance that, that I could have looked at, right? Because, uh, you know, I don't believe I have everything figured out yet and I'm still searching for the truth and, you know, and, and you know, even as, as I was studying this, I was like looking through all these different uh, areas and, uh, you know, I was like, oh man, some of these uh, people have really good points, you know, and I had to really think about these things and, and how does this weigh out with what God is doing? Um, so, um, let this be the beginning of a conversation, right? not the closing of a book, okay? And uh, this is a great opportunity, you know, like um, Pastor Ed was saying, uh, not Pastor Ed, but Ed was saying, um, you know, we don't have community groups going on right now. You know, just let's get together. Let's talk about these things. And, you know, these are, this is uh, big topics in, in culture today, okay? So, um, so beginning of a conversation, all right? I'm not trying to just squash you and send you out the door, uh, but I just want us to think about these things, and let's process this together, okay? Um, so um, I have a couple slides, nothing fancy, all right? Uh, if you want to see fancy slides, come to CM, okay? I'm like almost a self-certified PowerPoint PhD, so they, they get the good stuff. You guys get the boring stuff, okay? So uh, why does God, uh, good God allow evil? And um, 
Um, we'll start with this. Okay, there's this guy named Epicurus. All right, he's not the one who makes the food recipes online, but uh, he is. He was a Greek philosopher in uh, 300, around 300 BC, right? and uh, this is what he said. He said, is God willing to prevent evil but not able? Then he is not um, omnipotent or omnipotent, which means all-powerful. God isn't all-powerful. Is he able but not willing? Then he is malevolent. He's bad. Right? Then, oh, is he both able and willing? then whence cometh evil? Where does evil come from if God is both loving and able to stop all this? Where does it come from? And uh, is he neither able nor willing? Then why call him God? Okay, why call him God? Right? And uh, the reason I put this up here is um, because this question or this idea isn't a new idea. It's not something that like modern skeptics have come up with. This question has been asked probably from like just about the beginning of time, like when God created people and they got kicked out of the Garden of Eden, or uh, whatever you believe about human, humanity and how it began, right, this question has been being asked for a long time. Okay. Um, what I like to do, right, um, I actually have an engineering background, so I like to like break stuff down and take things apart. If you ever like were an engineer, you got to like, what are the givens and what are you looking for, right? and you got to break apart all these questions. So um, where we're going to go today is I'm going to break down the question. Right. Um, then uh, we're going to look at um, some possible scenarios of what are the relationships, but what can the relationship between God and evil be? Like, what are different scenarios? Uh, what are different relationships that God and evil can have? And then we'll look a little bit at the problem of evil, and then we'll finish up. Okay. Um, so I want to begin with breaking down the question. Okay. Breaking down the question, right? and, this, and you'll see this has double meaning. Okay. Breaking down the question. Right, and uh, what I like to do is, oh, sorry, I like to. Um, Define words in the question, because when you're talking about a question like this, you know, God might mean one thing to someone, evil might mean something to someone, but it might mean something to, something different to someone else. So um, let me try to lay down where I'm coming from and how I approach the question, right? So God, right? Uh, if I were to define God, I would say that um, it, because we're in church, uh, we'll talk about the God of Christianity, okay? Uh, every worldview, every religion, uh, they have to answer this question too. Right? Well, where does evil come from? Uh, what is it doing? This question of morality. Like how, do, how, does, how does that work in your worldview or your position? Okay, so uh, since we're in church again, uh, we'll be talking about the God of Christianity when we're addressing why does a good God, right? why does a loving God allow evil to happen? Okay, so the God of Christianity. Right? Not just good, but all-loving, all-powerful God, all-knowing God, why does he allow evil to happen? Okay. Uh, when we talk about evil, right, I began in the Webster's Dictionary, right, and this is what it says. Right, if, right, if you take notes, you can if you want. If you don't, I can give you all my sermon notes. Just ask. Right. Um, uh, in Webster's Dictionary, as an adjective, it says evil is morally reprehensible, sinful, wicked. Okay? Morally reprehensible, sinful, wicked. Right. Evil as a noun is the fact of suffering, uh, misfortune, and wrongdoing. Okay, the fact of suffering, misfortune, and wrongdoing. Okay, and, and that sounds simple enough, right? Um, you know, but and it seems like that definition should work for everyone, right? But when you really look at evil, right, which could be a whole topic in itself, you could probably go to like a college course, like a semester's long course on just dealing like what is evil. Uh, but uh, there is quite a bit to it. 
right? There is quite a bit to it. It seems simple, but you know, it's really kind of like this weebly-wobbly, it's like all over the map. Evil means different things to different people, right? Um, it's, you know, for some people, like the, the biggest, latest thing is like plastic straws are evil, right? And they're ruining the environment. And everyone's got to move to paper straws, right? But then there's other people that are like, you know, save the rainforest. You can't just make paper out of all these trees, right? And then that's evil. So like, what is evil? And, and uh, people will fight over this because they have, they come from different perspectives and different ideas, right? So um, from the Christian perspective, right, what is evil, right? Uh, and uh, I would say that, uh, from the Christian perspective, God is the objective moral lawgiver. Right? God is the objective moral lawgiver, right? and evil is breaking that law, okay? disobeying what He says is the law. That's sin. That's evil. Okay. Um, it's important to note here that when we say um, that God is the objective moral lawgiver and evil is breaking His law, it's important to say that God is not the author of evil. He is not the creator of evil. Right? But he simply allows evil to happen. Okay? So he's not the one saying, I created evil, I made them do it. But he allows it to happen. Okay? Um, from the atheistic side, okay, the skeptic side, right, I was looking for different definitions. How do they define evil? Right? And I found this very interesting. And uh, this is the reason I have some of these slides up here. Um, I thought... Uh, you know, a good place to go for people talking about what is evil and they're atheists would be Reddit, right? Wonderful resource, okay? So I went to Reddit channel atheist, okay, and I found a guy who started a subject and he's like, you know, I, I was kind of curious about what you guys think the definition of evil is. And then he wrote a little small section where he's like, I understand from religious perspective what evil is. And he went over like the Catholic idea of why evil is evil and, and described that. And then he started and he wrote his own definition. And he said, this is my current working definition of evil. Okay, so I'll put it up here. And he said, uh, or he or she said, sorry, uh, he, she, or it said, I'm sorry, or he, she, it, or whatever other thing said, all right? My tentative, non-religious definition of evil is this, uh, that which harms a fellow human emotionally, physically, mentally, or oppresses his or her freedom or prevents the collection of knowledge. Okay, which is fair, which is fair. Okay, that's a good, good moral, you know, moral definition of evil. Okay, and, um, and uh, the, the things I'm gonna project up here is just a succession of conversation. Okay, so this is the next uh, person on the thread, okay, and uh, the person responded to them, and they said this, said, I believe there is very little, if any, evil in the world. Even our worst actions can be backtracked to genetics, environmental influences, brainwashing, and chemically altered states. This doesn't excuse bad actions, but the world is not some black and white, good versus evil place. It's just animals trying to find survival and personal happiness before they die. Okay? And um, um, I'll add right now, okay, I'll add right now that um, I'm not putting these up here to be some kind of straw man and say, look how cold and wicked these people are, or nonsensical, okay? Um, I really respect these opinions because at least they're being honest to their position. Right? They're genuinely being honest to what their worldview and position is. Okay? There's a lot of atheists that wouldn't go this far. Okay, but if you really believe that Darwin is, you know, kind of uh, informing you of how the entire world works and how the entire universe works, then this is really 
uh, kind of the summation of what you should come up with if you're logically consistent with yourself, right? So um, again, you know, it's just animals trying to find survival and personal happiness before they die. Okay, so um, interesting, very interesting, okay, and very honest. Okay, uh, another guy replied to this guy uh, and said, uh, a gray and gray world. I know that's the reality, but I think most people have their own personal definitions of what's evil or not. Some define evil as absence of good, but I'll say but, useless without a definition of good. The whole issue is really murky. Okay, and, and that's very interesting to me. I was reading this, like, wow, these guys are really having, you know, a heart-to-heart -heart debate about, like, what is evil. And, uh, you know, I, I realize, you know, going into Reddit and under the atheist channel is not, like, the authority of atheism, and they're not like the spokespeople for atheists across the world or skeptics. But you know, this is a good. This is a seemingly good cross section of how the average, you know, hopefully the average person has really thought this out would think. Right? This feels very intellectually honest to me right, when I look at this. Okay, so uh, again, I respect their honesty, right? But um, here we are. Right, here we are. If atheists or you know maybe these guys. Uh, don't necessarily believe evil even exists, right? What's the question? Right? Like, what, what, what are they really asking? Right? It, well, why does a good God allow blank? Right? Why does a good God allow animals trying to find survival and personal happiness before they die? Right? There isn't really a question for them, is there? So that's kind of the double meaning of breaking down the question. Right? The question itself is kind of broken if this is your consistent, you know, uh, logical worldview. Okay. So, um, uh, so interesting. We'll come back to this. Some define evil as absence of good, uh, but that is useless without a definition of good, right? which is a, a very a good point to make uh, when we're talking about uh, good and evil and what evil is compared to what good is. Okay. Uh, so the question itself breaks down. Okay, and uh, um, so uh, even though the question is kind of broken, right, from my point of view, right, uh, let's go on. Let's carry on as if uh, the question wasn't, right? Um, so what are some possible relationships between God and evil, right? What are some possible scenarios, okay? Um, going back to the question itself, right, um, I kind of break it down into, like, um, how are they asking us, like, what, uh, kind of formulaic, maybe. I'll say it this way, okay? So number one. Right, one possible relationship between God and evil is uh, from that question that a skeptic or atheist would ask, right, would be this, if God is good, yet there is evil in the world, then God does not exist. Okay, so for all you computer programmers, uh, if-then statement. Right? If God is good, yet there is evil in the world, then God does not exist. Right? Which is... You know, at the very essence and root of the question, that's what they're trying to do with this question, right? Like, if, there's, if God is loving, good, all-powerful, then why is there evil, right? They're, they're basically trying to disprove God with that question, okay? So um, this is the statement they're just trying to make. If God is good, yet there is evil in the world, then God does not exist, okay? And uh, when I put it down like that, and, and hopefully you guys can already kind of feel it and see it, that is an incredibly unfair statement. Right? And uh, in some ways, it's an incredibly ridiculous statement to make. Right? It's a ridiculous conclusion to make. 
Right? And let me explain it this way. Okay, and let me uh, put it in a different context, and then you can see why this question is so, or this statement is so unfair, and why uh, the conclusion is so unfair. Okay, um, again, I work with children. Okay, and uh, if I was a child, right, and uh, some of these children might say this to me, right, and uh, if they were to make the same formulaic type of statement, they would say, "If my parents are loving, yet." They don't let me play on my iPad, then my parents are evil. Okay? Or whatever they want, fill in the blank. If my parents are loving, yet they don't let me play on my iPad, then blank. I can put in whatever conclusion I want in there. Right? So, so when you put it in a different context, it seems like that's so dumb. Like, how can you even make that kind of conclusion from that kind of information that you have? Right? The reason that the statement is so unfair is because you're completely removing volition from the subject of the sentence that you're talking about. Right? You're not giving the parents any kind of chance to explain why they're not letting their kids play on their iPad. Right? And here we have skeptics and atheists not allowing God any kind of chance to explain why he allows what they feel is evil is happening in the world. Okay? That, that's very clear, right? Right? It's not being very intellectually honest when you're not letting other possibilities exist. Okay? So that's one possibility. It is one possibility. Okay? Relationship between God and evil. God is good, yet there's evil in the world. God does not exist. All right? To me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. All right? Number two. And I'm sure there's a lot of possibilities, but I just listed a few. Right, if you have more, let's talk about them. Okay, number two. Um, God and evil, their relationship uh, are kind of like yin and yang. Okay, devil and, and God, they're equal and opposite. If you don't know what yin and yang is, you know, that circle symbol, and it's got like that little swirl through the middle, and it's got like the two dots on the side or in the middle, right? And, and that represents like, you know, there's, there's like light and dark and evil and good, and everything has an opposite, and there's always this equal balance of the world and, and the universe, okay? And is that a possible relationship between God and evil? Because right? uh, there's probably a lot of Eastern thinkers that would think that. Okay, but um, I heard a, a great um, description uh, or illustration of this. And um, um, let's, let's imagine it like this, okay? Uh, service is done. Uh, we walk out to the, to the parking lot. You walk up to the car, and you see this big dent on the car. Right? And uh, maybe some of you guys just bought a nice, new, shiny car. You take care of it. You wash it. You wax it. And there's this big dent on the side. And you're like, ugh. Who would do this? Right? This is so wrong. Right? You'd be angry. Like, we're in a church. There's not even a note on my windshield. Right? We went to a Christian conference once, and someone dented our, Jeep, our rental Jeep, and there was no notes. We're like, this is wrong. Right? Christian conference, who would do this? Right? And we spent all night trying to pop it out and fix it. Right? Um, but, but here we are. Okay? So here's the example. Okay? Um, the automobile... Right? If we were to label that, that is, that is what is good. Right? We enjoy our automobile. We like it. Okay? Uh, and if we look at the dent as something that is evil, right? um, the automobile and the dent are not equal and opposite. Okay? Because the automobile can exist by itself, right? but the dent cannot. 
Right? The dent needs the foundation of the automobile in order to exist. Okay, so one has a definite superiority over the other. Okay? So when we look at good and evil, or in particular God and evil, just like this guy is saying, uh, this is useless without a definition of good, this guy is realizing the fact that you need to have a foundational good in order for evil to dent or to be in existence. Okay? So um, we need um, uh, some kind of objective moral law giver in order for evil to even exist. So these are not equal and opposite forces. Okay? These are not equal and opposite forces. Okay? So think about that. Think about that. All right, atheist number three, thank you. All right, we're done with the atheists. All right. Um, so uh, yin and yang, possible relationship. All right, um, I have questions about that. All right, number three. All right, God exists, uh, but isn't all powerful, and evil is out of his control. Okay, and that's, that's a possibility. It's a possible scenario. All right, uh, maybe God is loving, but, you know, evil is just out of his control. He's not powerful enough to control it. Okay, and uh, that goes, comes down to a question of omnipotence, right? Is God all-powerful? And that in itself is a long topic in itself, all right? We can have an entire another sermon or sermons on this. Okay, so um, I'm going to kind of cheat. I'm just going to give you four words, right? And you can kind of study them yourselves. And if you have more questions about this, we can talk about this more in depth later, okay? Just for time's sake, okay? Because I know uh, you guys don't like being here a long time. All right, so... Um, so let me give you four words, okay, when we're talking about omnipotence, right, God's all-powerfulness, okay, and uh, these are evidences of God's all-powerfulness, okay, and, and these are, uh, uh, when I look at the Bible, when I look at uh, God and who he is, uh, these are some ideas that I came up with, and there's probably a lot more and a lot better ones, uh, but here, right, uh, creation, okay, if you want to learn about God's power, look at creation, right, prophecy, right, look at prophecy in the Bible, um, miracles, Right, miracles of Jesus and uh, all the different prophets throughout history, right? And resurrection, okay? Resurrection of Jesus Christ. Resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, uh, I'll, I'll just add one note, okay? Uh, when, when talking about resurrection, okay? I've talked with people that are skeptics uh, of Christianity, okay? And a lot of times um, they trip over different things. Like on their way to Christianity, they trip over different ideas. Like some, you know, it's like I can't believe that God wouldn't allow, you know, two guys to marry each other and trip. I can't, I can't believe in Christianity, okay? And they, 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 you know, look at these different ideas and they say, this is the reason I can't believe, okay? But um, if that's you, I encourage you, study the resurrection, okay? Study the resurrection because if Jesus rose from the dead, Okay, that would that should inform us all. Uh, that should completely inform us about how we need to look and, and answer to God. Because if Jesus did rise from the dead, then if He says something is right and something is wrong, then I better believe Him at that point, right? I better believe Him because I mean, who, who else can do that? Okay. So if Jesus, basically, if Jesus really says who He is, who He says He is, then um, we don't really have anything to say at that point. Okay. If he wants me to just jump on one leg and that's how I go to heaven, then I just got to follow that, okay? If Jesus rose from the dead, I really, you know, then that's just the way it is at that point, okay? So um, so th I'm just going to leave it at that, okay? God's omnipotence. He is all-powerful. Um, uh, there's evidence of that, okay? Creation, prophecy, miracles, resurrection, uh, much, much more, okay? But just look at those and, and we'll leave it at that, okay? Um, four. Number four, all right, relationship. God, 
God should have, okay, and this is the other skeptic uh, kind of position, God should have created a world with no evil, right? If God, that, that's the other thing the question begs to, to have happen, right? If God was all-powerful, all-loving, he should have created a world with no evil. Why would he do that? What kind of sick God, if he had the ability, would allow bad things to happen, right? Why? Why? Okay, so um, this is my answer to that, right? Could God have created a world with no evil? Right, in my estimation, of course. Of course he could have. Right? But the question to that question is, would that have been the best possible world that God could have created for us? Right? Out of all the worlds that God could have created, would that world have been the best world for us and for God and our understanding of him? Would that have been the best of all possible worlds? Okay. And think about that, especially in a world, in a culture where we value, all right, the supreme ethics of our culture today seem to be love and freedom, right? We value love and freedom, love, love wins, love, okay? Freedom, right? Everyone can come over the border, freedom, right? Freedom, love, love. All right, not to make any political statements, sorry, my apologies. Okay, but in a world where we value love and freedom, all right, we put them at the highest pedestals, all right, we have to be very careful of what we ask for when we ask for a world where the outcomes are pre-programmed by God. Okay, uh, and uh, I'll flush through that a little bit more. Okay, we have to be very careful about what kind of world we're asking for if we really truly want to value love and freedom if we think those are really valuable, right? Because can love be a real love without freedom, without me being able to make a choice, if I have to say yes or no because God programmed me that way, right? Would that be real love? Okay, so let me, let me do something for you guys, all right? Uh, if you're single in the room, raise your hand. Single people, all the single people. All right, I'm trying to do you guys a favor. Okay, look around real quick. Find the opposite, okay? I know a lot of times you're in church and you're like, is that guy, is that girl single? All right, now you know. <laughs> now you know, okay? I'm a big proponent of getting people together. All right, so anyways, all right? Um, guys, if you saw a girl, all right, there, there might be a moment, all right, that you have this nervous moment and this sweaty moment where you walk up to this girl, and some of you guys might be further along in your relationships, and, and you might be asking them out, or you might be asking them to marry you, right? But that moment is ver both, both ver very, very sweaty and very glorious because of the possibility of the word no, okay? Because that is on the table, that's what makes that moment so special, right? If I could go up to any girl I wanted and just be like, hey, will you marry me? And she has to say, yes, right? And she has to, right? And then I can go to anyone and keep doing that, right? Then, you know, it might sound cool from our side of the fence. That might sound awesome, okay? But if you're actually living on the other side of the fence in that world, you'll realize, you'll quickly realize how meaningless that really is, okay? You'll realize how, how meaningless that really is, 
Okay? So if we are, in fact, pre-programmed, okay, if God did create a world where there were no choices, okay, there were no tree in the Garden of Eden, right, there was no ability to choose the other way, okay, then love can never be real love. Right? Freedom can never be real freedom. Right? There is no real um, you know, free will. Right? So uh, when God is looking at all the possible worlds to create, we might think from our limited perspective that this is the best world. You know, just, just give us joy, just like happiness. Like, why suffering? Right? But even though suffering is hard, difficult, it is. You know, it's, it's real. I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize that and say, and blah, but it is real, but it is necessary right, for us to experience the kind of love that God desires for us to experience. Okay, so that's number four. Number four, all right? Uh, last one. Last one, all right, uh, last uh, relationship between God and evil, all right, uh, number five, and uh, this, I think, is the Christian perspective, all right, God is all good, all loving, all powerful, all knowing, all the alls, all right, but can use evil for something purposeful, okay, and, and that is another possible relationship between God and evil, all right, God is all good, all loving, all powerful, but he can use evil for something purposeful. Okay, and just as we talked about, uh, some of these purposes, real love, real freedom. All right, God can use evil, suffering, to drive us towards a need for a savior. Okay, which might sound cruel again, but um, this is a situation we're in. Right? We're in a corrupt world, fallen world, right? and we need something to drive us towards a savior. Right? Um, it's similar to, you know, um, I don't know. We're, we're lucky today because we got all these fancy computers, right? You young ones, we used to have this stuff called paper, right? And when you use paper, you'd get a paper cut. And the paper cut would be like, ah, ah someone called 911, medic, all right? It, it would drive us towards the need for medical attention, okay? This is what pain does. It allows us to realize that we need help. Right? And, you know, maybe not for a paper card, but you know, if we really do get injured, right, our body tells us we need something outside of us to help us or save us. Okay? So in the situation, the reality of the world that we're in, okay, we need something to tell us that we need a savior beyond what we have in this world. Okay? So when we experience suffering or evil, right, those are signs to us that we need something outside this world Savior, namely Jesus Christ, right, to come and rescue us from the situation that we're in. Okay, so another purpose of evil. Okay, so those are different scenarios. Right, uh, let me look at the problem of evil. Okay, the problem of evil. And uh, for this, um, I want to do a really, really quick flyover thumbnail sketch of Habakkuk, right, which was one of my favorite books growing up because of the name, and I played Street Fighter. Right, uh, some of you will get that, but. Um, Habakkuk, all right, so uh, let me give you a, a really quick, I'm going to just read a couple of verses from it. It's only three chapters long, so it'd be good homework to read for yourself. Uh, but this is a dialogue between this prophet and God about why all these bad things are happening to Judah, all right? Why are, why are they suffering so much? Okay, so uh, let me reread the, re the verses we read uh, before we started our sermon. I say verse 2, it says, how long, Lord, and I'm going to read from the NIV, uh, just to allow it to be a little bit. Uh, more in our language and clearer for just, just bear with me. Okay. How long? How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. 
or cry out violence, but you do not say. Why do you make me look in look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Uh, destruction, violence uh, are before me. Uh, there is strife and conflict. Uh, it abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem, hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Okay, so uh, here we are, prophet, uh, man of God, asking, why is this evil happening? Aren't you good? Aren't you supposed to save us? Why are you allowing this to happen? Okay, very similar question. Okay, this is how the Lord answers. So it goes back and forth. Habakkuk complains, the Lord answers. Back, forth, back, forth. Okay, Uh, the Lord answers. I'll just read one verse. It says, uh, verse 5, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that would that you would not believe even if you were told. Okay, so what is God saying here? Right? You see evil, you see oppression, you see all this bad stuff happening. Okay, wait. Look at the nations and watch, because I'm going to do something, and you will be amazed. Okay, you don't get it now. This is going to take a few years for it to happen. Right? Uh, for us, we might die before we completely see it happen. Right? or, you know, these guys, some of them might die before it happens, but wait, if I told you, you won't even believe it. It's going to be that amazing, okay? So um, then he goes on to explain, like, how the Babylonians are going to come in, and and, um, it's a punishment for the sins that Judah has been committing, okay? But Habakkuk complains again, uh, Lord, you are not ever, are you not from everlasting? Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. Uh, You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? Okay, the Lord's answer. Uh, the Lord then replied, uh, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Okay, so uh, this is all prophecy. This is what's going to happen in the future. Write it down so that you can look at it later and everyone that's suffering now will look at this later and see what the Lord has done. Okay, write it down. Wait, wait and see. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Uh, Though it lingers, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Okay? It will certainly come and not delay. Okay? So what's, what's God saying? God's saying, wait, just wait and see. Okay? Suffering, it's hard. It's real. But just wait and see. Okay, I'll, I'll plug in right here, all right? Um, and, and if you read the rest of Habakkuk, you'll see um, it, it guides him towards a deeper faith in the Lord, and, um, and, and, and he believes, all right? I'll just read one verse. Um, it says, um, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, uh, though the oil f- crops fail and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Okay. So here he is standing in a different position now saying, you know, I understand that all this evil and bad and suffering is going to happen, but I'm going to trust in the Lord. Okay. And uh, this is uh, where Christians need to be. Uh, this is hopefully, uh, you know, skeptics, uh, hopefully they can find this place. Okay. Um, so uh, let me mention from this, all right, evil is a real problem if it is the end of the story. Okay. Evil is a real problem if it's the end of the story. Right, in, in Habakkuk's case, right, if the, the, the Babylonians come in and, and uh, you know, uh, oppress Judah, nation of Israel, right, that is a real problem if that is the end of the story. Okay, maybe um, more culturally relevant for us, 
Okay? If you saw Avengers Infinity War, okay, I'm not going to give you a big spoiler, but I'm just going to let you know that the ending is not a happy ending. Okay? But if you saw it, right, you know that evil is a real problem if that's the end of the story. Okay? But we all know that there's a part two, right? If, if the, all the journalists and the reporters and the movie reviewers are like, this was such a bad movie, how could it end like this? Right? Stan Lee would stand, Stan Lee's the Marvel creator guy. He's like, he'd stand up and be like, just wait and see. Right? You are going to go see something that your eyes have yet to behold how glorious this final movie is going to be. But you have to wait and see. Okay. Right, without an Avengers Part 2, then evil is an incredibly real problem in that movie. All right, but since I know that there's going to be a second movie, I can wait and grumble in anger at how the other movie ended. All right, uh, some of the CM kids told me at the end of the movie they cried. I'm like, I'm shedding no tears. I know there's a Part 2. All right, just wait. Just wait. Okay, um, so uh, again... Uh, don't judge God from a snapshot of what is happening in the present. Okay, we can't judge God from a simple snapshot of what we see in the present. Right? Uh, what suffering is in the blink of an eye will mean nothing if all of eternity is as God has promised. Amen. Okay, all right, whatever suffering we we experience will be a blink of the eye right, if God has promised us an eternity as glorious as He presents in the Scriptures. Right? It's just like a a shot in the arm. It hurts. It has a purpose. Okay. Um, let me finish up. Let me finish up. Let me finish up with a, a story of myself. <clears throat> All right. Uh, when I was a little kid, okay, little kids nowadays, I'm so jealous because, uh, you know, I have a little nephew and uh, they, uh, are, you know, he's learning to ride his bike and they have all these tools and all this equipment that I didn't have when I was young. Right, uh, you know, I look young maybe, but I'm like 41 now or something like that. All right, so, um, but these kids, these kids have like all these cool, like they, I see like they have those bikes without the pedals and they can just stand and walk. So, so they can learn how to get their balance without falling over, right? Um, you guys, maybe you guys don't know this, but when we were kids, all right, we would, we, we, I had training wheels, okay? So we did have that, and like, okay? But when it came to learning to ride your bike, right, um, there was a point in time where um, your dad would hold the seat and run behind you as you kind of pedaled, right? And then, and then you'd be like, Dad, are you still there? And he'd be like, yeah. It's like, are you still there? Yeah, because you can't look, you know, it's just so focused. Like, Dad, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. And back in my days, like, they weren't little bikes. Like, in my imagination, in my memory, this bike, I was like five feet off the ground, and the wheels were like this, right? And, and parents didn't have any kind of sense. They'd just do it right in the middle of the road on asphalt, right? They didn't do it on grass or, like, foam or something smart. They just, like, they, like this was a different time, okay? There's no helmets, no elbow pads. Come on. Right? You just, they just like run behind you and they're like, are you still there? Yeah. Are you still there? Yeah. Okay. And then, and then you just keep going and you keep asking that question. Are you still there? And then like, and then the sound gets quieter and quieter. <laughs> right? And then like, then you have to, like this doubt comes into your mind. Like, are you still there? And then like, and then you got to look back. But when you look back, this thing gets all like weebly wobbly. And then you fall, and you're like, ah, right? So 
And there I was on the grounds, all right, this spaghetti of metal, bike, and, and human arms and legs, okay, crying. And uh, as a kid, right, I'm pondering to myself, what are the reasons that my dad wasn't there? Why wasn't he? Why did he let go? Right? That's what the kids think. All right? So the, the smart kids, okay, this is just my imagination now, okay? Um, you know, maybe the kid looks back, or I look back at my dad, and, I, and I'm thinking, Dad, you fat lard, you didn't have the power to keep up with me. Man, where's your endurance? Right? If he wasn't so fat, he would have been able to run and stay there. Gosh. He just, he just didn't have the power to keep up. All right? Uh, that's, that's a possible reason. Okay, possible too. Right? Um, maybe my dad comes up to me and I'm crying, and he gives me the cold response, you know, get up. Get up. You know, you got to take the bad with the good. All right? If you want to learn this, the bad's going to happen. Right? And, and maybe some dads are like that in the world. Okay, that's a possible that's a possible scenario, but that's not my dad. Okay, I know my dad differently. He wouldn't have said that. Okay, uh, three, you know, um, I could have been thinking there while I'm bleeding, knee scraped. I could have been thinking, he should have never let me ride this death trap in the first place. <laughs> Who does this? Right? This is dangerous. I'm gonna call child protective services on this guy. <laughs> Like, no one should do this. I don't have a helmet, elbow passes on style's fault. It's like, like, why does he even let me run? I could trip and sprain my ankle. Like, all kinds of bad things could happen. You know, like, what am I? You should limit my freedom, okay? Like, but no, no, I wouldn't think that, okay? Um, but but here, here's what, um, you know, I'd imagine if I was smart enough to understand this, um, what my dad would have said to me. Uh, he would have said, as he came up to me, he would have said, I had to let go. He would have said, I had to let go. Right? In order for you to experience the freedom of riding a bike, I had to let go. Right? In order for you to experience you know, the joy of the wind flowing through your hair, all the fun that you can have with your friends as you guys ride all over the neighborhood, I had to let go. At great risk to my son and at great worry in my heart, I had to let go. Okay? And, and if all I judge my father by is that one painful moment, right, then I didn't wait and see. Right? If I just went in the house and never rode the bike again, you know, look how much I would have lost. Okay? But what I see now right, is not that pain was the end of the story. But when I think about riding my bike, I think about all the great memories of, again, flying around the neighborhood with my friends, causing all kinds of mischief, going to the neighborhood market and buying candy without my parents knowing. All, right, all the freedom that afforded me to do good things. <coughs> all right, anyways, um, back to the point. All right. All right, when we look at it like this, okay, uh, hopefully we can understand the question a little bit better. Why does a good God allow evil? All right, and the simple answer, uh, to give us the best of all worlds, right, where we experience real love, real freedom, uh, the real freedom of our wills uh, to help us see our need for a loving Savior in Jesus Christ. Okay? Uh, why don't we pray together? Why don't we pray together?
Okay, now, just before I close, um, again, if you are an atheist or you are a skeptic or you do have questions or you dis do disagree, right, um, let's have a conversation. Uh, talk with Pastor Susong, talk with me, talk with Pastor Young, talk with anyone, right? And let's just start discussing these topics. Because uh, um, as a church, uh, we need to learn to be more fluent in these different questions and topics, especially since our culture is constantly asking them. Uh, but let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, your wisdom, your love, that maybe sometimes we don't even understand. Uh, we pray that uh, although evil and suffering are part of our world, help us to trust you and run to you and understand that you know what you're doing. And uh, we might not see the end of the story now, uh, but you know the end of the story. And uh, you actually have given us the end of the story in Jesus Christ. And uh, Lord, we pray that we could run to him and uh, know that this affliction of this world is only a moment in light of eternity. Um, God, we uh, pray if there are any questioning people in this room, um, please help them just to keep searching and to keep asking. It's a wonderful thing that they're here. And uh, God, for us, uh, that maybe... Um, I don't know, maybe we have been hurt or maybe we are in pain. Um, thank you for walking with us, and uh, please continue to comfort us uh, in our times of trouble. Um, God, even our church, our church as a whole, um, is struggling, and uh, we're uh, fighting. And uh, Lord, we pray, uh, would your glory be known uh, as we seek and search after you? Uh, so um, help us to sing with joy as we close the service, and uh, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.